0: Thanks for watching our podcast. Here at Spear Consulting, our services include business strategy and human resources consulting. In HR, we offer executive search, executive coaching, and work psychology consulting. Please visit us at spiritmco.com, where we fulfill our clients' dreams virtuously. Enjoy your show. Welcome back to the Leading Virtuously podcast. So excited to be able to share this guest with you. Dave, just so honored that a man of your notoriety would, would be on our podcast today and excited to be able to leverage that big brain of yours to share the wisdom that you've accumulated in your career as well, uh, being just all the things that you've been able to accomplish in your career. Just that's so wonderful. And uh, so our first question always out of the gun is, who are you?
1: Who am I? Well, wow. So, so you want the short version or you want the two-hour
0: version? I think you want the short version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, short version. And then the second question is going to be how you built up your leadership position yeah. that you're in today. And yeah. that one we can go a little bit deeper with.
1: So uh, so I'm a, I'm a writer. Uh, uh, my, my primary gift is is writing. And I, I will tell you, when I was 10 years old, if you'd ask me then what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would say without hesitation, I want to be a writer. It's, I mean, it's a gift God gave me. So I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm also CEO of uh, uh, my business, which uh, has been a, a consulting and training and speaking practice, authoring practice for 30, 30 years. Um, I'm a, a father, a stepfather, a husband, a, a foster father, a grandfather, and now a, an adoptive father, and now a great-grandfather. So uh, that's where all this gray hair comes from.
0: (laughs) I love that. Um, Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And Mm -hmm. I saw that there was 14 books on the website. Uh, Is that currently the total number? If I'm wrong, please correct me. But, yeah, I wanted to just kind of hear your your journey uh, as an author, too.
1: Yeah. Well, I think actually, I think there's 13. Probably some of those are – other uh, language translations. Okay, I've had a number of my books have been translated. I'm not very worldwide. good at counting, anyways. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, i again, I had this, I had this uh, thing in me. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it filled me up. You know, as a child, I wanted to be a writer. It's all I wanted to do, and um, and I, and, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, successful, and uh, as a young man, I published. Uh, as a freelance writer, you know, before I was 21 years old, I published three or four pieces, uh, you know, here and there, got paid. And then life life uh, intervened, you know, and uh, life and family and all that sort of stuff. And I went uh, 20 years basically without writing anything just because I'm trying to make a living and, you know, negotiate being an adult in the world. And um, around age 40, as I was transitioning from, being a divisional manager for the medical products company that I worked for, to being in private practice as a speaker and trainer and consultant and, and so on, um, you know, I read all the books on how you build a speaking practice or a consulting practice, and they said write articles and give seminars. And I said, well, I can do that. So, so I wrote articles and gave seminars, and and that and you know, one led to another, and uh, led to another, and led to another, and I discovered I had a I had sort of a gift for um, Articles uh, written to business people, salespeople, and business people, and um, I've written uh, gee h- hundreds, maybe maybe a thousand articles. My, and we, you know, we used to keep track of when someone published them. And uh, in the year in the year around uh, 2002, we came up to 2,000 different publications. We said, "Well, so, stop it! You know, who cares? You know." So we stopped counting at around 2,000 different uh, individual publications. You know. But at one point, I, bl- I believe at one point, um, I thought I was probably the most read sales author uh, in the world for a while. And that's because, um, you know, we had this system, I'd, I'd write an article and then we would do what's called simultaneous submission, which is what you did then. And we had a list of like 400 different trade publications and we'd actually mail you know, hard, hard copy, snail mail articles to 400 different publications every month. And I was doing this every month and anywhere from, you know, three to 50 would pick it up because it was their industry. You know, they didn't feel like it was competitive because, you know, that same article is going to appear elsewhere, uh, other places, but it's not going to be their industry. And so, uh, you know, uh, my stuff was just all over the place, you know, for, for years and years. So now, uh, you know, and, and then I wrote uh, again, uh, as, as, um, as I think the Lord directed me, I, uh, I wrote a number of sales books, and uh, last, my last three books have been written for for uh, Christians. And but I uh, to to this day, I, I write. I mean, I wrote this morning, wrote an article this morning, and two actually two this week. And I do podcasts and write articles, and you know, it's just it's just who I am. It's what I do. So it's what the Lord made me to be.
0: Hmm. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing. Hmm. I have. Definitely feel like I have the writing bug within me Mm -hmm. and I did not, I would not classify myself as someone who was like, you know, growing up being like, I have this writing gift, you know, but I also, you know, while, you know, growing up as a, as a Christian up until 10, then spent 20 years away from the faith and have only, you know, for the last seven years really been um, back pursuing Jesus. Mm-hmm. and uh, so you know with that you know comes gifts obviously sure. <laughs> and so and so maybe that's where you know the the fascination and the bug comes from but yeah. uh, i think about you know i have you know been blessed to be able to get involved in in a couple different businesses and ministries and you can kind of look at those different works as like you know it's it's obviously the lord's work but they are also your time investment in them can be looked at as your like little babies and projects that you, mm-hmm. you know, you start start forming and then they go off and take shape in, in different ways. So just kind of curious, um, Dave, about, you know, thinking about your your body of work. What do you think is your is your favorite uh, book that you you may have mm-hmm. published or what has been just kind of like the thing that really is near and dear to your heart?
1: Yeah, well, boy, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I I think uh, two of the two of the sales books. Uh, w- one was, uh, was originally titled 10 uh, uh, Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople," and uh, that became a worldwide book. was uh, uh, published in eight different languages in twenty different countries. And uh, on the tenth year anniversary of the publication of that, the the uh, uh, publisher came back to me. And said, hey, we're thinking about uh, a second edition on, uh, for the 11th year. How can you do 11 secrets? Can we add a secret and make it a, a second edition? And I said, yeah, sure. So so we created 11 secrets as uh, of time management for salespeople and as a second edition. And that also went uh, sort of worldwide. Uh, for, for some reason, I'm not quite sure I understand this. My books always sell better overseas than they do here in the U.S., you know so so that that's a that was a sales book another one that i that i think is one of my best books is called how to sell anything to anyone anytime and it's it's a book about sales process and sales systems and it's and it's not just for sales people it's for small business people it, it will help them to understand how to do sales in their in their business and uh, that became that also became a worldwide uh book and it's all it's all over the place you know and it's uh and Chinese and Malaysian and uh, there's European Spanish and there's Latin American Spanish and there's uh, several different Chinese la- uh, languages, you know, there's simple Chinese and complex Chinese and the book's been translated and all that. So it's, it really is a worldwide book and, and uh, w- what, uh, we've had three, three international entities. This is this thing about people overseas, I, I, I don't know, I just react to my stuff better, but we had three international entities say this is one of the five best business books, English language, not sales books, business books. One of the five best business books. It's, honestly, I think it's a great book. And, and it's, it's all around. You can get it anywhere, how to sell anything to anyone, anytime. So those are on the sales side. And, uh, you know, but I, I did, uh, I've done three books for uh, Christian business people. And uh, I think probably uh, my favorite of that is is the most recent, called The Good Book on Business. And, uh, you know, uh, should I should I take a few minutes to tell the story here behind Please, that? please yeah, I okay. would
0: love that, because that was going to was... be my follow-up question anyway. Oh, okay, good. So maybe give us like some tidbits, uh, you know, give us the cliff notes on, on both of yeah. those books and then also. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: okay. So, so it started out with just a, a question, you know, and the question I had was, uh, does God view a business as an entity by itself, uh, larger and separate and apart from the individuals within it? And so, and so, I, my my precedent for that was, you know, uh, God speaks to uh, in Revelation to the churches, and you get a sense that the church has a standing before God above and beyond the individuals within it. And he speaks. He speaks to the tribes of Jew uh, of uh, uh, the the uh, Hebrew tribes, you know. Dan and and uh, you know the, the, he speaks to the tribes as if they were an entity above and beyond the individuals within them. In Jerusalem, you know, Jesus says, talks about Jerusalem, talks about Bethesda. So, so there is some precedent there. And I said, well, does does God think of a business that way? You know, for example, can a business have spiritual gifts? Hmm. So I said, well, let's see. And so and so, I just dug in, you know, started looking for business. And what I discovered, I mean, I remember the day I, I found it. It was like I was so excited. I, and I tried to tell people, and everybody thought, oh, what? what are you talking about? You know, I, I, I couldn't convey it. I was so excited. And it, and it was a little passage that everybody, you know, we just skim over it. And the, and the passage is in the book of Genesis. This is what turned the whole thing. I mean, it's, it all turned on this passage. And the passage was in the book of Genesis, and it's the story of Lot and Abram. And, you know, Lot, Lot is captured. At one point, he's captured. And uh, Abram's uh, gathering people to go to rescue him. And and the passage in Genesis, I think it's 1414, 14, but I'm not exactly sure. It's around there. Uh, the passage says, And Abram gathered 318 trained men who had been born in his household and went after Lot. And it dawned on me, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'd been told that a household was a family. Right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's what they tell us. Right. But, but how big was Abram's family? Well, he, he, he only had Sarah. He had no children. Right. But he had 318 trained men who had been born in his household. Huh. Wait a minute. Household isn't a family. It's a business. It's an economic entity. I mean, Abram's household was, I mean, think, 318 trained men. How many untrained men? How many mothers and fathers? How many siblings? How many sisters? How many brothers? His household was in the thousands. He was probably one of the biggest business people alive at the time. He had 318 trained men. He had to foresee who somebody had to train him. So we had to equip them. He probably had, had layers of management. And all at once, I saw this whole thing that, hey, a household is not a family. That's just what the institutional church wants to tell you because they want you to believe that because it fits their theology. But it's not. It's an economic entity. And so I started looking for households. And I discovered all of this stuff uh, in the Bible about business. It's just they call it a household, not a business, you know. We see it all the way from, from the very moment of creation. We see the establishment of business as an, as an entity all the way through to the end of the Bible. We see the businesses being central to the expansion of the, of the early church. I mean, the early church, there's several incidences in the book of Acts where an entire business was converted all at one time. It was probably part of the apostle's strategy to find business people and convert them because the whole household followed the lead of their, of their leader
0: mm-hmm. and
1: were converted at a time. There are four instances of that in the, in the Acts. So, uh, so I, began, I just began to study that and see what I could learn from it, and the result was the good book on business. Wow. Yeah. You will see, I, honestly, I, I love that book. It's, it, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. It's like pow, oh you know? And it it and it just uh wow it just it just unfolded one thing after the other and uh like I say your 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 views on business will never be the same it's hmm. yeah uh, you're not going to hear this from what's in the in that book you're not going to hear it from the pulpit your views will never be the same you'll hear you'll see what God has to say about businesses and it's it's incredible
0: well thank you for sharing that for a couple of reasons um number one I think that just broadens the scope when you look in when you read the Bible to be yeah. able to recognize uh, looking for households and seeing how that interacts in and out of, of the, you know, Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the other thing that comes to mind is like just recently within the last, say, like not any of the podcasts published thus far, but like the last four episodes that I've been recording there's just been, it's so funny how God interweaves these themes through the podcast Mm -hmm. episodes. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I always thought the other thing, Dave, like, you know, we talked about pre-roll on how it's lead nurturing and also doing some like societal good for inspiring mm-hmm. virtuous leadership. Mm-hmm. But then above and beyond that, I think one of the other ancillary benefits of running the podcast is being able to have super awesome people like yourself to <laughs> coach and mentor uh, sure, you know, to sure, yeah. myself to yeah. get, get this uh, wisdom. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, so I think that, so the long story short there is like for the theme, which is if, if this recurring theme has been that like family, like business and family are basically like so synonymous that when we talk to all these different virtuous leaders they're always talking about the fact that like I am not separating a my family and the business but then when I think about business I'm literally treating everyone in that like it is my family and like pouring mm. love into these people etc yeah. so yeah. i think that Boom! Now they <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
1: So there's there's a there's a, a little uh, add on to that to your statement, and I would agree with you 100%. Is uh, you know it's it's um, it's very it's a common practice to talk about balancing work and family life and so on, but the Bible never speaks of that, and it doesn't know it doesn't know about balancing work and, and uh, family because work and family are are are, are already together, you know. It's it's seen as one entity. Your your family is part of your work, and your work is part of your family. Get and and uh, so, in it, that's difficult in today's world. But uh, in in the good book, we talk about some very specific things you can do to bring your family into your work, and it is part of uh, of uh, God's plan. You know, there's there's no there's no difference between work and family. It's family should be involved in work. You know. Right. You don't, you don't bring, you don't take your work and, and your family, you're there together, you know, and in, in, again, in the, in the Bible. Households.
0: Households. Households. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's so good. So can we dive uh, into some of the sales books that you wrote that you sure. also mentioned were some of your, your um, favorite within the grouping too. And you said, you know, one of them is, is about kind of process. Can you speak a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I, my view on, so I'm a, I'm a process guy. I'm a systems guy. The name, name of my brand is klway sales systems, you know, and I, th- I do think in systems and I see systems as the solution to a, a lot of different things. People, people see, you know, cause and effect. And I see a system there that can be put in place. So it's just how my mind runs. So, um, so the, the good or the uh, uh, how to sell anything to anyone is about uh, creating a sales system to sell anything and uh, uh, understanding that there is a process. And I like I use this analogy, you know, uh, if you wanted to if you wanted to uh, grow carrots, you wouldn't you wouldn't um, think that you're going to create the process. You would go see how carrots grow. And then you would mimic that, and you would refine it. You know, you'd see, oh, they grow better if they're two inches apart. So, but 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 that's a little refinement on an existing process. Same thing is true with with sales. God put a process in place. There's a process to sales, just like there's a process to growing corn or growing uh, uh, carrots or anything. You know, you, if you throw your seeds on the sidewalk. Probably not going to work, you know. And so, and so it is with, with sales that there's a process there, and I think we uncovered the processes. We don't create them, and I don't make I don't make any claims to creating this system. Maybe maybe adding some refinements to it, applying it to our technology and our times today. But the core processes is is, is there. It's part of what God did, and so I I believe I un- I, I just unfold and say here's here's the here's the sales process. And you can you can refine it, you know. You can learn to put the corn two inches apart, and you know, put the kernel down one inch instead of three, you know, that kind of thing. But basically, you got to plant the current. And and so we so we look at the fundamental processes and talk about how to apply them in a couple different uh, scenarios and generalize it to the point where anybody can, anybody can take this and create a system to sell whatever it is. You know, uh, again, uh, I, I use two analogies. Uh, I use a, an indi- individual. Uh, Proprietor who is a grant writer, once, you know, individual wanting to get business writing grants, sole proprietor. And then I use a coffee shop as, as another example. We apply. So I go, as I go through, I apply to those two kind of dissimilar situations because uh, it can be applied, the concepts can be applied to anything. So, so one of the reasons why I think, and that's, I, I, as, honestly, I think that's why um, we had these other folks say this is one of the best uh, English language business books. Because it teaches a fundamental business skill in a way that's very understandable and accessible and usable. So that's why I like it.
0: And if you're in business operations and you don't have uh, top line revenue growth happening, then that becomes a big, big business issue. So it becomes a big issue. yeah you know everybody
1: you know here's the thing in uh, particularly in a world of small business, there's there are, millions of people who are very good at doing something you know whether it's uh being a plumber or being a consultant you know there's people who are very good at what they do but that's that's no that is no uh indicator of success because there are a lot of people who are very good who are not successful the thing that makes them successful is the ability to sell you know they they have to be able to create revenue create customers and the one thing a business cannot do without is a customer you know, it's the definition of a business. You are defined as a business by your customers. So, uh, so we talk about how you get customers, you know, and, and uh, what you do with them after you get them. So it's, a, again, it's, it's a core, it's a fundamental core business skill, not only for individuals, but for businesses, all, all the way up to, you know, billion-dollar businesses. There are things to apply, things to learn about the fundamental sales process and applying it systematically to your world. And that's what we teach.
0: I love that. Well, thank you for giving us um, the cliff notes on, on mm-hmm. both of these. And, uh, you know, always in our show notes, we'll be able to add all this information so that people can readily access, you know, these books and, and pick them up, et cetera. So thank you for the work that you've done and, while I uh, have not read either of them thus far, I am really excited about picking them mm. up and, and thank you for the work that you've done too. So Dave, this this podcast is all about virtuous leadership and uh, uh, so, so really excited to be able to dive into that. You know, usually before we uh, dive into the virtues piece, I like to kind of like discuss the human side on virtues is that like if we can if we can start to hammer into the vices that you've had to overcome in order to create your leadership capability that you have today mm-hmm. then our listeners have the ability to be like okay I can relate to mm-hmm. you, Dave you know because yeah. because thinking about you know just uh, even just some of the the your body of work is whew, that's mm-hmm. that's impressive so so can you maybe talk about some of the vices that you've had to overcome Throughout your journey to to reach this leadership plateau, yeah,
1: I don't know that I ever saw them as vices, but that's a good, you know, that's a good. Uh, I'll have to reflect back on that uh, use of that word. Certainly, saw them as uh, uh, flaws, you know, Wards? character flaws. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think uh, probably one of the biggest was. Um, uh, you know, I'm a type A guy, so I, I want to take con- charge, I want to take control, I want to make decisions, you know, and and that, um, I mean, I've had to learn over and over again to not make those decisions by myself, to uh, incorporate uh, God into those decisions, and, and that's a, and, and not just for me. I mean, I know a lot of type A's. That's, a, I mean, that's almost the fundamental, the fundamental challenge. Because um, type A's are capable people, they, you know, they can get things done, and they want to do things and get things done. And uh, so much of that, in retrospect, turns out to be uh, not worth doing. Hmm. Uh, unless unless you know you sort of bring God into the process and and he makes those decisions for you, so I would say you know in in looking back at uh, again I don't use the word vices but character flaws yeah that would be that would be a big one yeah uh, and one that i i think another is the um is uh reacting and this is what I feel strongly about, reacting emotionally, making decisions emotionally on the basis of some emotion as opposed to rationally. And, uh, and I'm a rational guy, so that's a big one. You know, I, I don't like myself when I do any of that. You know, anything that even comes close to that, I recognize it because I'm sensitive to that, you know. And so... um, Again, I don't know that I would call those uh, vices, but I but I just haven't thought in those terms before, and maybe, maybe I'll do that now.
0: Hmm. So just on the second one, uh, just curious as to what you were – just helping me to kind of better understand. You're saying being a rational person, anytime where you feel like emotions are starting to just spike – and you're making decisions out of that place versus like cool, calm and collected and mm-hmm. an objective kind of decision-making. Mm-hmm. Those have been some of the things that you think that you struggled with earlier in your career. And now you mm-hmm. see kind of the ability to recognize that mm-hmm. and, and not to, not, not to, mm-hmm. but you know, I guess could allow emotions to spike and and, you know, making decisions from that. Yeah. Place.
1: yeah right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, honestly, I think, I I love this segment too, because it also is, an, you know, another thing is like ignorance is bliss. And so, so there's, there's elements that I think in leadership where we don't, you know, just listening to other people's journeys and hearing this section mm-hmm. also kind of like calls to mind, like I, you know, especially when, when you're a, a parent and we talked about your family having a large family. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, for me, you know, I'm kind of in that age range where, my my son is turning nine tomorrow and mm-hmm. he's already starting to show those signs of like preteen where he knows best. <laughs> and, yeah. and like you go and, you know, we're talking about like we're talking about business and, and the family, the household is. And so when, so when you shift from the household at work to the household at home and and then, you know, you're like feeling more calm. In the workplace, but then you get home, and then that's where the craziness starts to happen. And, and mm-hmm. being able to be rational in that, so
1: sure, so, yeah.
0: So yeah. thank you for sharing that, because I think that just helps me add context to my own, to where I'm at in my mm-hmm. own uh, walk mm-hmm. too. So so thank you for sharing that. Dude.
1: You know, another thought just came to mind, and and this probably was a great uh, watershed moment in my growth as a leader, and that's when I when it finally dawned on me that the uh, people who I was leading or managing, whatever the case may be, um, they're not me. And, and, uh, wh- when I say that, I mean, that, that was a huge, that was a huge moment when I finally realized that because I would uh, expect other people to think like I did and have the same motivation I did. And, have the same work ethic I did, and the same this and same that, and I was, uh, and for a lot of my career, I was disappointed because they, they didn't, and it was uh, frustrating and disappointing. And then, and then it, it when it uh, when it dawned on me, you know, hey, they're not you, they're somebody else. You know, they don't, they have a whole different set of life experiences. They have. Different values, different motivations, different capabilities. They can't be judged by your expectations for you. I mean, create expectations for them that are appropriate for them. And um, again, I, I teach that uh, that concept in my uh, sales manager. I do a sales management system seminar for sales managers, and I see I see that that same thinking with a lot of sales managers who. At one time, were great salespeople, and so they expect you know they just expect their salespeople are doing what they did. You know, aren't they like that they're planning and they're preparing? And because I did, aren't they? No, frankly, they're not. Why? Because they're not you. <laughs> so there, so there is in that in that world, the world of sales managers. There, I mean that I just see that uh, all the time. People ex- have expectations of others based on their own experiences and their own history that are not appropriate because they're not you, they're somebody else.
0: Yeah, I think that's an <clears throat> I think that definitely is another one that that strikes a chord as well and and yeah, it is it is easy to be able to, you know, set those same expectations that you hold for yourself onto other people and that's mm-hmm. just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> it is, yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very good. Uh, thank you for sharing that. The other thing that you said that I'm just curious about, and uh, you know, I don't know if this is a gutsy ask on, on the podcast, um, but you said that you don't see it as vices. You see it as more maybe character flaws. What did you mean by that?
1: Uh, well, you know, flaw in your character. Uh, it's, uh, um, it, your character is your habits and attitudes and how people expect you to behave. And um, so, a flaw is a negative, a, a negative habit or a negative attitude that keeps cropping up over and over again because it's deeply embedded. So, a character is made up of deep, deeply embedded uh, uh, attitudes and thoughts and behaviors and habits. And when those are, when those are, and and everybody, you know, everybody has uh, flaws in their character. that has negative habits and negative attitudes and negative thoughts that, that have become habits. They habitually think this way. And it's it's really, uh, I think it's a growth, part of the uh, human being's growth when they realize that they have this tendency to think this way, to feel this way, to act this way, whatever it is in a, in a negative way. So anything like that, I would say, is a character flaw. It's, it's, a, it's a part of your character that isn't uh, as positive as it should be.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for helping the the clarification there. Might
1: be it. might be your definition of vice might be exactly the same thing. Like I said, I just haven't thought about it in that word. So it could could be that we're talking about different words for the same thing. Sure. I suspect that's the case.
0: Very good. Uh yeah. So uh yeah, so then as we've kind of nailed down the the character of my version of that would be Vice. You're, you're talking through Character Plus a mm-hmm. uh, Tomato Tomato. And uh, yeah, so wanted to kind of now segment into the virtues and specifically what are, we talked about like, you know, obviously for you to be able to write and have that gift starting at 10, you know, your ability to plan has got to be yeah. outstanding. So it sounds like that's really a gift that is some you know, you've self Self to explain that that's one of those those virtues of being able to plan and think ahead yeah. as uh, you know immediately coming to you. Mm-hmm. Just also yeah. curious of if what you see as other virtues that you feel have uh, just been natural gifting for yourself.
1: Well, you know, I think uh, looking through the list of virtues, you know, I and thinking honestly, as as I look back at my career, I think that all of them came into play at one time or another. And to some degree uh, or another, I don't think any one sort of stood out as this is what I, you know, this is what caused me to build my business or anything like that. I think it's, or, I really do think it's a, it's a combination of, uh, of the virtues applied uh, in appropriate cir- circumstances and situations and so on. So I, uh, you know, looking at it, I, I don't know that there's any one. I am, a, I am a planner, you know, and I believe in planning. And uh, that's a big part of what I teach salespeople and sales managers is planning processes and tools and so on. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I just believe in them all, Chris. I believe in them all. <laughs> you know, integrity, honesty, self-discipline. Yeah, perseverance. Yeah, yep. creativity. Yep. You know, yes, I'm checking all those boxes. So I'd be hard pressed to say one or the other stands out more than any others. Do you okay? So let me maybe ask this a
0: different way. Okay, is there any that you've kind of recognized that it's been harder for you in this point in your season or walk presently?
1: Um, I'll tell you what I'm working on. You know, I, 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 and this kind of comes as a bit of a surprise because I've always been very disciplined, but I'm working on working on self-discipline, and um, it's it's. Uh, I think part of that comes with. Uh, my place in my life, in that I—it's it, easy for me to think oh, I deserve this, you know. <laughs> so yeah, can, uh, let's go have a steak. Why? Because I deserve it. You know? uh, you know, so I could—it's easy for me to rationalize mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know. I have a second glass of wine. I deserve it. You know? I'm at the point where I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And and so uh, what would have been a discipline earlier in my life is kind of softening around the edges so I've just become aware that I thought you know I I really need to uh, extend uh, self-discipline in some of these areas above and beyond work you know very I'm very disciplined in my work but um, in in other areas of my life I I really need to be working on discipline and so that's so that's the top of my list today.
0: I love that well thank you for your your candor to share that and I think, yeah, it's so funny how how it's so hard to be able to build up these various disciplines that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to fall off. Yeah, well it as, is. That's fall out of those yeah. Yeah. And it's quite frustrating, too, to yeah. be able to think about the the work that goes into this and, and how things can fall off. I know there's like, I go through these seasons where I can get up at 5 a.m. and work out first thing in the morning. And I'm like, for like, Two three months, I'm just on fire, and then mm-hmm. like I hit a couple snags, and then the next thing I you know, I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, back in, back into it. It's it's yeah. incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So I, I hear you. Yeah, well, you're not the only one. Very good. So, what are you the most passionate about these days, Dave?
1: Well, I think uh, I I'm I, I really am passionate about uh, about the good book and business. You know, about the. Not just the book. I mean, it's not the book. It's the ideas in the book that uh, there is such a thing as uh, what I call a biblical business. There is a model for a biblical business. There, there are. Uh, I, I am convinced that uh, business is God's first choice uh, for a venue in which to relate to people. It's his first choice for a place to exhibit spiritual gifts. Uh, I mean, uh, spiritual gifts were were first exhibited in business settings. Uh, God first interacted with mankind in the setting of work in the marketplace. So, uh, so I mean, those are just some of the concepts that are in the uh, Good Book on business, and I find them very exciting. And the reason I find them exciting because I'm a, you know, I'm a I'm a writer, but I'm also I'm also I've always been sort of a little bit of a maverick, you know. Uh, and, it's, and I, I recognize that on some of these issues, I'm sort of like the point of the spear here. You know, people haven't ever heard about some of this stuff just because they never looked for it. That's the point I make in the, in the book, by the way, is all this has been here in the Bible for thousands of years. We never saw it because we didn't look for it. Hmm. Once we get to look for it, we see it. And why didn't we look for it? Well, because we've been told other things and we never looked for it. Once you begin to look for households and business, you see them all over the place. People just never looked. You know so, uh, so there's stuff like that, and uh, ideas that are uh, for a lot of people radical, you know, but still very, I, I think very well founded and part of uh, part of God's word. so i'm so I'm uh, passionate about that. I'm passionate about the ideas that I discovered, the processes that I discovered, and uh, I'm okay with uh, with uh, people not understanding them, and because their their experience hasn't you know, has been something totally different. Their their views and their perceptive has been given to them by others, and they never really seen seen these things on their own, except through the perspectives that others have given them. So, so I'm very uh, so I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate about that. I, and you know, I have a I have a podcast. I do a weekly podcast called uh, Insights for Christian Business People. It gives me an opportunity to do that. I write I write an easing, which is a uh, uh, an article that I uh, send to an opt-in list uh, every two weeks on, on the same thing. It's called building biblical businesses. It's an easing. you sign up for them. You get it every two weeks. And so, I, and so, you know, I keep, uh, I keep, uh, and I appear on podcast shows with regularity, you know, and uh, various shows and I just keep, uh, you know, keep spreading the message that there is a world of the kingdom is very much alive in the world of business. As a matter of fact, again, God's first choice before he, before God made Eve before prophets before scripture before churches before priests before pastors before any of that he made work and said i'm going to relate with you in work before anything else it was his first choice first and you know there's a great there's a great example and this is this is this is my uh uh, my evidence of that what God made Adam you know he said uh, adam i 'm going to give you your life's work you're going, you're going to take care of the garden you're going to live the garden and care for it and then and then he said i'm going to give you a task here's your first task name the animals and adam i'm going to work with you I'll go get them and you name them teamwork. We're going to work together in teamwork. That was, a very, that was almost the very first thing he, he said to Adam. He gave him a job and said, I'm going to work with you. We're going to work together. I'm going to bring you the animals and you name them, and here we go. This is, going to be a, this is how we're going to live our life. We're going to do stuff together. We're going to work together. And that precedent, which he set there, again, before Eve, be- before anything, I mean, for prophets, before scripture, before churches, before past, before any of that stuff, he made work and said, This is how I'm going to relate to you. You and I, mankind, we're going to work together. And that's how you're going to get to know me. And I'm going to have fun with you. And we're going to take this thing that I've created and add sophistication to it forever, forever, forever. And we're going to make it more and more complex and more and more sophisticated. And that's the work that I'm going to do with you and you and I are going to do this together. That's how we're going to live our life. Amazing stuff. So
0: two more questions, Dave. So if someone say, I go, we go off and pick up the good book on business Mm -hmm. two years after one has read this, what do you think are going to be some of the ways that their business and, and lives may be changed based off of, you know, applying some of the principles within the
1: book? Yeah. Well, I see it as not just changing their, their business and their life, but I see it as changing the whole society. I mean, the, the implications. In uh, and, and the good book, I, I, you know, I talk about if, if we could get 10% of the Christian businesses, Christian-owned businesses, reflecting this model, we'd change, we'd change the world. I mean, it's, it's because it's, it's, so, it's such a proactive model for um, having God involved in your business. So, so how would so how would so first of all, let me change change the question a little bit. It's not just about business; it's about the world. You know, it's, honestly, we can change the world by changing Christian businesses. So, so but uh, back back to your question, which is how do you you know what would you think in a business? Well, here's what here's here's some of the practices. There are Christian business practices that that are part of a, of a Christian business. So, number one is uh, prayer. For and with employees, and I like to use the term "embed term in in bad prayer" into the routines of the business. And so, what that, what that means is that you uh, you have a time of prayer that anybody can be invited to. They don't have to show up; they don't want. But you, but that's a that's a way to begin the business day, and everybody knows that I can show up at seven thirty and pray for a half hour with some other guys or girls, you know. And, and that's how we start. So that's, that's it. Uh, you pray for individuals, uh, employees and customers and vendors and situations and so on. And on and on it goes. I mean, there's lots of different places, but, it's, but the principle there is embed prayer as a routine in your business. So that's one. So, uh, second one is to, uh, to incorporate the Holy Spirit into your planning process.
0: I'm sorry, I need to stop there.
1: Like, okay.
0: like, yes, this is so good. I love number one, and, uh, and mainly because, like, you know, I guess I'm not as big of a planner as you. And so it's been just like, all right, Chris's team meetings, we're going to pray. But I love the fact of, like, okay, we're going to set it at a time, and it's optional. You're, you can show up if you want to. If you don't, sounds good. But this is what we're going to be doing. Yeah. And then it gives people the choice instead of like, oh, I'm going to be like awkward and pray before. Yeah. And you may or may not want to be part of this. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I love that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's okay.
1: It's okay. So another one, and again, I mean, there's a list of these in, in the Good Book on Business. But another one is to uh, incorporate the Holy Spirit into your planning process. And, uh, you know, like what, exa- what exactly does that mean? Well, it means just what it says. You, you, you don't sit down and you know, create a strategic plan. You pray about it. You ask the Holy Spirit to be a part of it. You enlist him. You do, you, you know, you, you try to get a word from him. You try to, uh, you try to have him show up in your meetings and, and, and involve himself with your decisions. You take every decision back to him. in prayer and say, is this, is this what you want, you know, or can you expand on this? Show me what more. You, you speak with God and you expect him to speak back and maybe not so much in, in words, maybe not an audible word. Some people get that. I don't, but, but, uh, you, you expect to get communication from God about your core business decisions, you know, and, uh, and you expect him. I mean, you invite him to be a part of every decision and every, uh, everything that you do and you invite him and you expect him to, to honor that, you know, and to be a part of it. And so what happens is that you're, you're not making decisions on your own anymore. You know, you're, it's, it, you don't decide spur of the moment. You say, "Hey, wait a minute. Let me let me bring the Spirit in. let me ask God about this first, and I'll get back to you on it." You know, and you pray about it, and you wait to see if you you know what what uh, how you're leaning, what your ideas you have, where you know are you getting any 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 uh, circumstances, any word from the Lord, and uh, you just do that forever. I mean, it's part of it's you you bring the Holy Spirit into the planning and decision making process. And that's that is a uh, that's a higher level uh, Christian business uh, skill. I have a I have a thing I call the biblical business assessment, which uh, you can it's a free download. You can you can get it and take it, and it it basically says there's a spectrum on uh, on where you're at in the development of the spiritual power of a business. Just like there's a spectrum for human beings as they grow spiritually, so there is for businesses and you can you can be compartmentalized or you can be led by the spirit and there's a whole lot of stuff in between there a whole lot of places in between but that's another one you know here here's one more and and this is i just wrote an article and this is, this is my is my pet thing at the moment and that is uh I, i'm i'm upset that nike uh who has a who has a history of discouraging christian uh, conversation and content and anything in all in all they do uh, nike has uh a five-year plan for having impact in the community. And they fund it and they make a part of their corporate initiatives and so on. And um, why aren't Christian business people doing that? Why aren't Christian business people saying, you know, I've got these resources, I've got these assets, I've got these people, I got this money, I have this equipment, I got this building, whatever it is, how can I use this to make an impact in the community? Let's make let's Let's create some initiatives. Let's put some power behind it. Let's get people involved. Let's put money into it. Let's create some initiatives to, to bring the love of Christ into our communities or whatever, you know, our industries, whatever it is that we touch. Why aren't Christian business people doing that? Because uh, they never thought of it. That's too bad. That's too, they should. I mean, that's, that, is a, that is a practice of a, of a kingdom business is to plan. Create not just spur of the moment. I mean, you create plan. You bring you, it's a corporate initiative. You put resources in it. You you create giving and uh, caring and impacting initiatives for your business above and beyond just making money. And I think that's probably that's probably uh, again one of the one of the uh, characteristics of a kingdom business, and that is they see business as something above and beyond, far greater than just a money making entity. It is that, but it's much more than that. Don't keep me going. I I can go on and on here. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for, for all three of those. And I, I think about how if the business is, if the business owner is putting time for prayer and then also making sure that you're checking in for revelation to speak to God and have God speak to you about mm-hmm. your business, etc. cetera, then it seems like those two precursors are going to set you up to be able to have the resources to be able to do point three. you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and just the opportunity to be able to, you know, leverage our businesses to, to do, uh, you know, greater good and, and bring the kingdom and preach that the kingdom of heaven has drawn near. So mm-hmm. with that said, uh, Dave, would you mind praying for our listeners to have share in the blessing that you receive from God to be able to, you know, pour it upon mm-hmm. our
1: listeners? Sure, sure. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your people. Thank you for your spirit among us that you prompt us and, and encourage us and stimulate us, Lord, to uh, to think about you and to uh, incorporate uh, what we know and what we're learning into our lives, Lord, and become more of the kind of people that you want us to be, more of the kind of businesses that you want us to run. We just we just thank you for all of that, Lord. We pray for every listener here. There are people out there who who maybe were a bit uh, a, a bit stunned by some of the things that i said but it's not i lord it's your word and and uh, we thank you for that we, we thank you that your word is uh, is powerful and it uh, it it can touch people change lives change businesses and so father we, we just lift up every every listener here and and we pray that your spirit would be active among them lord show them the things that you want them to learn or bring them bring them the customers bring them the employees bring them the ideas. That it will grow their businesses and have them be excellent and and have a greater impact in the community. Lord, be something that you you just smile down on and say, uh, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You've taken this business which I allowed you to steward and you've made you've made something of it. Well done. Thank you, Lord, for that." And we just uh, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Dave. How can
1: people get a hold of the work that uh, you're doing? Yeah, so um, uh, the easiest place, uh, easy to remember, is my web. I've got three or four websites, but uh, DaveKale.com is easy to remember. DaveKale.com, and that's sort of the granddaddy, and you can you can negotiate uh, almost everything from there. I should mention we just we just have something uh, we're starting called the XI community. It's an online community that uh, is designed to help people gather together in an online environment and uh, build businesses of excellence and impact, XI. Uh, so it's called the XI community. and it's our focus, excellence and impact. So, uh, and you, you can find that, uh, you know, just go to the, you can look it up, Google it, but, uh, but uh, somewhere in dkl.com you'll come across all that stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. And like I said, we'll put all of this into the show notes and I just can't thank you enough for the wisdom that you shared today on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, look forward to continuing the dialogue with
1: you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity, Chris.
0: Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. (laughs) Just joking. The Leading Virtuously podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.